Welcome to the Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar, author of The Mystery of History, a world history curriculum for all ages. This pre-recorded podcast is designed for new and returning homeschool parents seeking direction, encouragement, and inspiration from a biblical worldview. And now your hostess, Linda LaCour Hobar. Hello, friends, and welcome to The Mystery of Home Education. Let's get right into today's topic, which is building a firm foundation. Of course, in the spirit of this podcast, I am referring to a foundation toward education from a biblical worldview. Well, consider this word picture. If Christian homeschooling was a house, it would have at least three main parts. Picture this. First, every house, it needs a foundation. That's where your biblical worldview comes into play, maybe even your legal requirements. Second, every house needs a frame. That's where I envision your everyday home life, maybe your chores, your meals, the things that keep your family life running. And third, every house has multiple rooms. So picture them to hold your school subjects, your relationships. Can you see this home? Oh, I hope so. But I also wonder this as I describe it. What part of your house do you feel best about right now? What's the strongest? What's the weakest? Is your foundation strong, but maybe your rooms are in disarray? Or maybe you've got the frame in really good shape, but the foundation is cracked and you know it. Honestly, we're probably all over the place with this analogy and this word picture maybe depending on the time of day that I ask the question, or what kind of mood you're in, or maybe whether or not you've had your morning coffee. Well, regardless of where you are, I do have a beautiful scripture I want to share with you that I think supports this imagery of a Christian homeschool. So close your eyes and listen, unless you're driving right now, then keep your eyes open. But here we go, and I quote, Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Proverbs 24, 3-4. Oh, isn't that a beautiful passage? I love the part about precious and pleasant riches. Listen, I admit on bad days that I think it is most tempting to focus on the frames of our house or maybe the rooms of our homeschools. You know, because that might help us with the immediate. But clearly, there is always value in stepping back at the end of a bad day or bad week in homeschool to examine the foundation, maybe to re-examine it. It's truthfully something we just have to do a lot. I think Christians would also call this having or strengthening a biblical worldview of education. Now to help... Let's pan back to this big picture. Generally speaking, there are at least two ways you could view education. One, through God's laws, and two, through man's laws. What are God's laws? Well, God's laws are those that are rooted in absolutes. They're unchanging. It's truth that comes from God's word. Is there scripture to support that? Absolutely. I have three, so let me read them for you. Proverbs 35, it says, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Then how about John 17, 17? It says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. 
And last, there's John 16, 13. It's the one that says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. Mm, end quote. Such comfort in that passage. Well, moving on, God's laws, which are founded in this biblical truth I just described, well, they are for all people of all time, based on mankind's individual value that's rooted in Genesis one twenty seven. Let me read that passage to you because it's so very important foundationally. So Genesis one twenty seven says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. End quote. Oh, my friends, please read between the lines on that one. You know, this verse, it truly gives value to all ethnicities, shades of skin color, language, gender, and disability. See, God's laws value all individuals and apply to all individuals. Okay, now in contrast, let's consider man's laws. What are man's laws? So those are man-centered. They're subject to change. They're relative. They are without a standard. Man's laws are based on mankind's collective value to support this state. Now, different from God's laws, man's laws, they just don't naturally support the individual who derives his or her value from being created in the very image of God. No, man's laws, they tend to lean toward collectivism. Now, I'm assuming that some of you are quite familiar with this distinction between God's laws and man's laws, and you know why this applies to home education, and you're not surprised that I'm talking about it. But Maybe this is a new concept to you, and you have no idea where I'm going, so let me clarify. The distinction between God's laws and man's laws is, in essence, the difference between individualism and collectivism. It's capitalism versus communism. It's freedom versus Marxism. So backing up to this collectivism, well, taken to the extreme, It separates the free world from the non-free world. Oh, history would tell us, tyrants and dictators have used and still use collectivism to promote their agendas. We would also call that totalitarianism. Let me elaborate on the seriousness of this matter with a quote. This comes from Rand Paul, the senator from Kentucky. He would write in his book, The Case Against Socialism, which I highly recommend. He would write this, and I quote, The central idea of collectivism, that the individual is less important than the whole, is entirely consistent with allowing the state to eliminate individuals that are a burden to society. End quote. Wow. I mean, we've seen this, haven't we? The elimination of individuals. Yeah, we've seen this in history. It's called genocide. It's abortion. It's euthanasia. We know of it. It comes through the Holocaust, the Armenian Genocide, and then the unknown millions that have died in the womb. Okay, I'll kind of end my rant there, but let's do keep going with just a couple of principles because, again, we are seeking to establish 
or perhaps reestablish a firm foundation for our homeschools that are based on God's laws. Principle one. So generally, Christian homeschool parents will view their decision to homeschool as a parental right coming from the value of the individual under God's laws, not man's laws. Man's laws, again, are otherwise known as the state. Principle two, Christian homeschool parents, generally, they deeply value the individual children God gave them, biological or adopted. And because of those values, they steer away from the government approach to collectivism. Now, listen, I do know I'm entering some deep controversial waters here. I mean, welcome to 2021 when just about everything is controversial. Oh, Facebook. I mean, it's become a nightmare, hasn't it? If I didn't have a business, I'm not sure if I would stay there. But listen, just to help, let's redirect this conversation about a firm foundation. Let's go back to a more comfortable, natural lane for me. That's the lane of world history. And I have a few points to give you there. So point one, historically, education in the American colonies, which later became the United States, did you know it was under God's law? You can find that when you look at the Ivy League founders. You see, they were proponents of a Christian education under God's laws. One way to verify this is just looking at their founding mottos. Now, I have a few to read to you. I actually encourage students in the Mystery of History Volume 4 to find these mottos. That's when they're covering the colonies. So real quick, Harvard University, their motto is truth. Yale University, the motto, light and truth. The University of Pennsylvania, laws without morals are useless. Princeton, under God's power, she flourishes. How about Columbia? Their motto, in thy light shall we see light. Thy with a capital T, of course. Then Brown University, in God we hope. And Dartmouth College, a voice crying in the wilderness. That's powerful. All right, point two of just history and a firm foundation. Well, despite the Ivy League founder's intent, American education, at least of the last century, it has drifted toward a more liberal, socialist, collective agenda. Let's take, for example, the ultimate goals of John Dewey. Now, if you don't know him, he was a self-proclaimed atheist and a humanist, but he's also considered a leading educational reformer of the mid-1900s. He would say, and I quote, Those schools are, in current phase, the ideological arm of the revolution, end quote. And in that sentence, revolution has a capital R. What revolution was he referring to? Well, Mark Levin would say in his recent book, American Marxism, and I quote, the objective of the revolution is to control the schools and the curriculum, control the teachers and the classrooms, and you will in time control the minds and hearts of the population, end quote. Whew. Now, let me just take this a little further. I want to hone in on John Dewey's hopes for public education. Remember, he's in the mid-1900s. You see, for inspiration, he went and studied public schools under Joseph Stalin in communist Russia, the USSR. So he would write this of his observation. He would say, and I quote, 
During the transitional regime, and he was referring to a socialist regime, the school cannot count on the required collective and cooperative mentality. The traditional customs and institutions of the peasant, by the way, who he would call a peasant would actually be us in comparable terms here. He would say his small tracts, his three system farming, the influence of home and church all work automatically to create in him an individualistic ideology. Hence, the great task of the school, I'm still quoting Dewey here, he would say, hence, the great task of the school is to counteract and transform those domestic and neighborhood tendencies that are still so strong. I mean, did you hear this, this part about home and church? Dewey observed that they automatically created an individualistic ideology. I agree with him on that. Because home and family, those were God's ideas. And God values individuals because they are created in his image. So Dewey observed it. He just didn't like it. And he wanted to change it. Anyway, point three, let's go back to history and a firm foundation. Now, as a result of this drift that I just described, where even American education just drifted away from God's laws, well, Christian homeschool parents, we just see a stronger and deeper differentiation than ever between modern-day public government schooling and age-old private and homeschool education. Let me say this just as a quick disclaimer. I am not here to bash the good men and women that are pouring their lives and souls into the public school system. I come from a long line of public school teachers, and I know the vast majority are servants. But it is without dispute that the collective mindset of today's educational authorities, they are pushing agendas away from local governance and parents towards more and more federal direction. So you could just say there are a lot of good people that are teaching in corrupt systems. So point number four, furthermore, on history and a firm foundation, homeschool was actually started a long, long, long time ago. You know, it existed in ancient times, medieval times, the Renaissance, the Reformation, and early modern history. I hope you realize that government schooling the one supported by the minds of John Dewey and others. You know, it really is a newer invention of the 1800s. And despite its inherent flaws and failures, which there are some, it still has become the norm. I mean, most Americans grew up in a governmental system, as I did, and they just don't know otherwise. I have a question for you. Would you find comfort in some examples of successful homeschoolers, like straight out of history? I think most of us would. So I have some for you. Here are examples of students either fully or partially educated at home. From ancient times, we have Alexander the Great. From the Renaissance, Leonardo da Vinci, Isaac Newton, Bach. From early modern history, how about George Washington, Patrick Henry, Mozart, Robert E. Lee, Abraham Lincoln, Susan B. Anthony, Florence Nightingale, Thomas Edison, George Washington Carver, Laura Ingalls Wilder. And for more recent world history, there's Winston Churchill, 
Albert Einstein, C.S. Lewis, the great apologist, Louis Armstrong, Sochiro Honda, Catherine Hepburn, and even Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's. I mean, who knew? Okay, friends, well, point five and my last point on history and a firm foundation. Christian homeschoolers view the education of their children as an act of taking back the family design that comes from God, not the state. And therein lies a core value to help establish a firm foundation in your homeschool. Question, would you be inspired by scripture that addresses the teaching of children? Well, I have four. So let me use my narrator voice here, and I will pour these passages over you so you can marinate on them a bit, maybe just nurture this biblical worldview toward education. First, Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. You shall teach them, referring to God's commands, diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on your doorpost of your house and on your gates. Here's another one. This is from Psalm 78, 2-4. This was written by Asaph, a Levite. He says, I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old, which we have heard and known, and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generations to come the praises of the Lord and the wonderful works that he has done. Sounds like he likes history. Hmm. I like this guy. Then there's Proverbs 1.8. It's shorter. It just says, My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. And let me end on Philippians 2.13-16. This is a little bit longer, but it's worth it. It says, For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And then I will be able to boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor in vain. Well, my good friends, I can't top that verse with anything more profound than I think the analogy of those stars in the sky. I mean, if you looked at them lately, oh, they have been shining since the creation of the heavens and the earth. And they're still shining. They are lasting. So I hope that that visual of those stars just gives you courage, strength, and fresh resolve to hold firmly to a biblical worldview of education. And if you need a little visual to help, well, here's an assignment for you this week. Take a picture of your home, stick it on your refrigerator, and then when you look at it, when you glance at it, think about those three parts that are in every home. Think of the foundation, the frame, and the rooms. And now, for more, like type out this verse to post it right next to that picture. And I want you to put on paper the passage that I started with today. So I'll read it again. It says, Through wisdom a house is built, and by understanding it is established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. 
Proverbs 24, 3-4. All right, friends. Well, until we meet again, I'm going to be praying for you, praying that you feel strong or stronger about the foundation of your homeschool. Thanks for joining me. I am Linda LaCour Hobar for the sake of the mystery. Thank you for listening to The Mystery of Home Education with Linda LaCour Hobar. For more information on Linda's award-winning history program, visit themysteryofhistory.com, a one-stop shop for chronological, Christian, complete world history for all ages.